Salutations, felicitations, jubilations, welcome to RPG Cast number 656 for November 19th, 2022. I'm your host, Not Privateer. <laughs> I love that joke. I'm your host, Not Privateer. <laughs> or is it I'm Not Host Privateer? One of those. Uh, mm. I'm Phil Willis, aka JC Server, the Utah Polygames with RPGamer.com. Here with with a couple of lovely co-host, co-host, uh, and we're going to give you all the news, highlights, and everything else from the world of RPGs. With me today is Miss Kelly Ryan. Uh, team Draxir, my other kin is a dragon. <laughs> and Miss Anna-Marie Privetier. I'm the co-hostesses with the mostesses. <laughs> At least you have Privetier in your name. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a leg up on me. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious uh we are here to have fun this morning that's what it's all about woot all righty well let's let's just jump right into it because we got we got lots to talk about today uh, yeah a surprising number of headlines for it being the dead zone right and, uh, and i've heard yeah you would think that this would be the time where like no one wants to announce news there's nothing new coming out um, this is normally where we kind of like cruise through the last three or four shows of the year because there just isn't a ton going on. Nope. Nope. Oh, I I have been amused at all the whining about the Game Award nominations. Um, I saw I saw somebody post like if Stray gets nominated, I have no hope for this industry. It's like wow, salty much. Wait, but Stray was a fun game. Yeah. Everybody liked it. What's I I didn't play it, but I watched lots of people play it on Twitch. And let me tell you, no one that was playing it on Twitch hated it. it was some there's a faction that people think that it was too short and too basic for it to be in the running, and I'm just like, you do you not like fun? I'm just I am over this weird gatekeeping of games need to be a certain length to be valid. Uh, I'm so over that. Phil, Phil and I have had lots yes. of conversations about this, just so people understand why he's like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, crap. I blew through both of the Cthulhu games in a weekend, and it's like I enjoyed my time with those, and they were extremely short, and I appreciated that. Yeah. There's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with a nice short game. Uh, there, there's mm-hmm. I, it just I, I got too many things in my backlog and and like Dragon Quest XI is like my prime example. Love the game, love the game, but it felt like forty hours too long. Uh, they could have they could have edited that story just a tiny bit, edited some of the grinding and and got that down to, you know, the main story beats would have all fit within sixty hours and it would have been just fine. But that last forty hours was really dragging for me, and 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 I wanted to see the end of it. I wanted to see how it was all going to tie out. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, I got other RPGs I want to play. I know. So so what do I do? I I start up a time sink this week. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, let's talk about that and what you're playing. Uh, so I started Pokemon Scarlet. I started Pokemon Violet. You're team Dilf and I'm team Milf. <laughs> and then there's also uh, team Sylph, apparently. Which Ew. one is Sylph? So the, the two, the Dilf and the Milf have a kid. Oh. Ooh. So is that the kid with the the hair over his eye? Yes. Okay. 
The one that okay. is a whiny little poncy twat. Yes, him. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad no I'm not the only person that felt that way about him. <laughs> I don't know. If you that, heard that? Take that. Take take that cool uh, lizard off of my hand. I don't want it. It's too annoying. <laughs> Don't make fun of him. I mean, I know he has tires, but he still walks around, but he's fine. It's fine now. It's fine now. He's fine now. Of course, you have the one that actually rockets around. No. <laughs> um, we're, we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about Pokemon. And I, I, this, I feel like this is the most divisive Pokemon that's ever released. Hey, did you know it has jank? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I've certainly noticed. So um, the reason why I'm laughing my head off there is someone on the RP Gamer Discord yesterday was like, I can't believe people are playing this game with jank. And I will be clear that I exonerate them from making that statement because that is a statement that a whole lot of people are making and it's not entirely incorrect. Um, but basically, I proceeded to then link them articles about jank in basically every other Pokemon game that's ever released. Because jank is part of Pokemon. That doesn't jank make was, it right, but it should make it, I don't know, anticipated? Um, go to TV Tropes and just read the list of the known bugs in the original Pokemon and tell me that j jank isn't part of the Pokemon legacy. Cerebee has a list of dozens of bugs for all of the old games. Okay, I'm so not saying those games should be janky. But so, I am saying, until that jank affects the Pokemon company's bottom line, there isn't anything they're going to do about it. Other so, than patch it. So help clarify something for the uneducated, such as myself. So there's 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 jank, which is like bugs and things like that. And then there's the this impression I was given by one article. When they were talking about jank, they were really talking, it seemed to me, anyways, more about like a lot of frame drops or even freezes. Are you two experiencing any of that? Oh, yeah. Um, so, I caught I caught something yesterday and thought the game was gonna soft lock because it just froze in the middle of the catch animation and then once it all caught up it was fine. I haven't had technical issues that bad. I have definitely had jank. Um, so like there have been times and I I took a screenshot of it and I'll probably post it on my Twitter where I was in the middle of the battle and the camera fell below the world. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. happened to me twice. Mm. Um, none I of the, yeah, uh, Chris uh, didn't realize that he could move around his camera during combat, and so he fought a bridge. Nice. <laughs> he didn't see anything except for the bridge in front of him. Um, so 100%, there are issues with this game. Do not get it if you are easily frustrated with Jank. I mean, I don't notice it. In, in games at all, like, Anna played it through the entirety of Age of Calamity griping about it, and I was like, wait, what? Um, but this one, it's pretty noticeable, um, especially when it's trying to render a bunch of draw distance and a bunch of stuff at once. Honestly, my biggest complaint about the air quote jank in <clears throat> Age of Calamity was it took forever forever to load levels. Mm -hmm. I was literally doom scrolling while I was waiting for levels to um, load. And doom scrolling wasn't even a concept when Age of Calamity came out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 
and this one has a lot of times too. Like I don't know when you. So how far are you? Did you? I take it you got your motorcycle, so you at I least have. went. To, I haven't gone to school yet. I'm on my I, way to school, but I've caught. I'm. I'm like. I am gonna go everywhere and catch all of the things because the thing that I loved so much about Arceus was that open world, run around, collect all the things, catch all the things, have the freedom to just Pokemon to the max. And so that's what I've been doing with Scarlet or Violet. Um, one, so one of the things I, I haven't last... even made it to school yet, and I think I own like twenty Pokemon. Yeah, so one of the things I did last night when I got to the school and when they kind of take off the reins and say, go, go do all the things, is you can go back to the school and take classes and kind of explore around in the different rooms. And if you talk to the teachers, there apparently is a hidden relationship system in there because it said your, your bond with so-and-so increased a little bit. Um, so I was going into the, all the rooms trying to do that, and my God, the load time on the rooms was atrocious. And it's just like just loading a single itty bitty room. Like, okay, I, I can understand it what, taking that long to load, say the uh, track slash battle area because that area is huge in the school. But like the homeroom, it's just a little bitty room, and it seems like it was taking forever to load that. Um, that being said, it does behoove you to go back to the uh, go to the school and at least talk to everybody, because one of the rooms, I want to say the biology room, um, gives you the recipe for false swipe. Ooh, OK, good to know. Yeah, because yeah. I, I have already accidentally killed a couple of things that I legitimately wanted to catch and was kind of frustrated about it. So me I'm too. Get onto that ASAP. I'm even more annoyed that my starter doesn't know uh, or can't learn false swipe, which I don't understand why they don't put that on the starters. That is weird. It's, it's going to be on, you're going to have that one no matter what. Mate, let it learn false swipe. Chris um, says they never let the starters learn false swipe. Um, In Arceus, they did, but I think it was like two of the, th the three. Hmm. Still, that that's kind of annoying. I don't. I think everything should be able to learn false swipe. Um, that I said, concur. And to no one's surprise, I'm Team Weed. I'm Team Donald. So you picked Quaxley. I I was gonna go like super meta and call my Quaxley Shaman. <laughs> but I think there's exactly one person in the world that would appreciate that joke besides me. Uh, shaman, frequent contactor of the podcast? Yes. His yes. name is Donald. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot about that. Well, I mean, he never goes by. He only goes by Shaman. So. No, I know. Um, I just, I just forgot. Uh, Her frog says, Team Donald, I called mine Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, when I was younger, I thought that naming Pokemon was really lame and I never did it. Um, but now that I've done a Nuzlocke and I hear about people naming their Pokemon different things, it's like a whole new world. I'm just like, I am here for named oh. Pokemon. Oh, I love coming up with just barely dirty names. <laughs> uh, stuff that just, just gets past the filter. Um, like naming my Azurel Blue Ball. Uh, Gosh, Vaughn's, Vaughn's much better at this than I am. He can come up with some stuff that you think about, like, oh, that is dirty. Me, I, I'm not that clever. I named my uh, weed cat Mary Jane. 
by LeChonk, Chris P. Bacon. Chris P. Bacon. I, I don't know what the electric dog is actually named, but I called mine Zap Rosdauer, uh, and that's T3K reference. Um, and my uh, Whooper Deathy. I don't know, because it looked like a scroll and skull and crossbones to me, so I just thought Deathy. Um, I'm not nearly as clever when it comes to the names. <laughs> it's okay, we forgive you. At the same time, after a while, it's like, okay, this is fun, but I'm turning the names off because it gets me in and out of battle faster. But I love that you can actually just name them from the menu now. Yeah, I I do appreciate how much stuff they straight up cribbed from Arceus, and just those quality of life improvements are fantastic, and I, I do hope that they continue through the future games. Yeah. If they nail down that quality of life stuff, my hope is that, all right, we have all this QL stuff that we've well established and know how to do. Now let's work on the graphical fidelity and yeah. the jank. Can you hot <laughs> moves on the fly? Because I haven't tried that yet. Um, I have not messed around with my Pokemon move set yet either. Okay, I need to see if you can do that, because I, I know in Sword and Shield, there was a guy you could talk to in the Pokemon Center that let you switch the moves, and then in um, Arceus... You... Yeah, oh, I believe you can do it from the menu. So okay. when you go to the Pokemon Center, the lady behind the counter gives you a ton of tips, Yeah, and I'm 99% sure that was one of the ones that she gave me, which is just like, hey, you can like just change your moves. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that the Pokemon centers are outdoors, though I noticed that there isn't a lot of stuff in this that is actually indoors. And I wonder if that's intentional. <laughs> Frog says you can do it from the menu. Okay, good. Good, good. Um, yeah, like, I don't know if you notice you, when you go to the stores, you don't really go into them. You just access the menu. That's nice. Um, I just... Um, How's the I, com how's the combat? Is this kind of the typical oh, it's, Pokemon yeah, it, formula? Yeah, it's mainline core Pokemon. It's not Arceus style, which bums me out a little. Yeah, I, I like Arceus feel like that, style. Like light and strong was like just a really cool tactical tweak. Made you really think about strategy. Um, I also like being able to catch stuff without going into combat. Because um, like I appreciate that you can. To fight stuff without going into combat by just throwing your uh, frontline Pokemon at things. But I wish you could catch like that too. Yeah, I was I was like, all right, I'm I'm hunkering down and I'm sneaking up on the Wiglet and nothing doing. And I'm like, Chris, how do I throw a Pokeball at a thing? He's like, you press CR. And I'm like, no, that's how I throw my Pokemon. How do I throw a ball? He's like, yeah, this isn't Arceus. I've knocked out several of them hitting the R or R does the auto combat, ZR does the manual combat, and I've I've knocked out several things doing the auto combat, and that's been kind of frustrating. Um, let's see, I my my other main complaint is I don't like that you can't walk the mini map because I cannot stand rotating mini maps. It, that is driving me crazy. I wish that they would come up with a patch for that because I just 
having a rotating mini map just confuses me. If I don't have it locked, I feel like I'm not knowing where exactly I'm going, even even though there is a north button or a north on the mini map. Um, Honestly, the problem is, is it makes me a little motion sick. Yeah, that too. Um, uh, yeah, that that and the jank have been my two main complaints. But I appreciate how much of the stuff is streamlined. Have you noticed that the catch animation is a hundred times faster? Oh, just everything, all all of the little tweaks that they made to Arceus mm-hmm. that made it into this game make me so happy. And like, as much as you and I are sitting here, um, complaining about all of these things that are wrong with the game, mm-hmm. I'm having a ton of fun. Oh, I had to make myself go to bed last. Night. <laughs> I also had to be like, all right, I do need to stop playing this so that I can wind down for the day so I can actually go to sleep. I, uh, I, and, and it doesn't help that some of the Pokemon, especially on the road, can be a little bit hard to see. So I kept running into things and getting into fights. Um, so, I, I, I mean, you haven't exactly opened up the entire or gotten all the quests, quote unquote, yet. Because um, they give you three different ob- objectives. One of them is, is from the girl who's kind of your rival best friend. She wants you to go do all the gym badges. Um, the whiny boy wants you to go catch all these weird legendary Pokemon. And oh, then there's is a that ran- the Titans? Yeah, I think that's the Titans. And then some random chick on your phone wants to take out the wants you to take out the Team Star Dance. <laughs> And it throws all of this on your map all at once, and they're like, okay, go pick a direction. The random chick on your phone is so weird. Yeah. So, um, for uh, do you watch uh, Jaden Animations on YouTube, Kelly? No. So, she's doing a subathon right now. And so, while we were waiting for our Pokemon games to arrive, we were watching her play Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. I did get to watch her knock out one of the Titans. Well, that was nifty. Can you catch them or do you no, have to knock No, them? you have to defeat them. Okay. But I mean, as far as I can tell, you can catch things that are the same species as the Titan um, okay. near where the Titan spawns. Gotcha. It's just a huge super boss of a Pokemon, I take Correct. it. Correct. Okay. And the one that she was fighting, she fought it and it got to down to red health and then it ran away and then you had to chase after it. It was very Monster Hunter-esque. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, so the first place I'm trying to head to is the Water Gem, which is very often one of the corners. I hope we'll be able to make it there in one piece. Um, <laughs> I figured since my starter is... a uh, grass type and that's the only thing that grass is really strong against as far as the gyms go i wanted to go do that one first and then catch some stuff on the way and hopefully level stuff uh along the way um so that's my goal for the time being and you know i get thrown off the beaten path and go have to catch things and running around exploring and i have a feeling this is going to be like pokemon breath of the wild and i'm all for it. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that was the exact thing I was thinking last night as I was like, I need wanna go here. No way, I'm going here. No, I'm going here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
So I, I hope you guys don't mind hearing about Pokemon for a while. Un- unless you're tired about hearing about Pokemon and w- want to hear about WoW. <laughs> well, <laughs> it can't be worse than listening to me talk about Final Fantasy fourteen. So <laughs> how is well, WoW going, Kelly? So they released the second half of the uh, pre expansion content patch this week which unlocked dra- uh, the Draxir for those that pre-ordered the expansion um, and because my collector's edition came in last week I could play the Draxir on Tuesday so that's what I did and it's it's kind of interesting because the Draxir have been asleep for 10,000 years and they wake up and they go man I wonder what Netherian is doing or Neltharian oh boy we're like Oh, you've been asleep a long time. And then Rathion shows up and they make mention of that. And Rathion's like, yeah, we need to catch you up on some stuff. <laughs> um, we, we need we need to talk. We really need oh, to talk. The, the crux of this expansion is that the Grim Totems have awakened some primal dragons that didn't accept the gift of the titans and basically dragon kind got in a civil war with these dudes and locked them away and they're unleashed again and right now there's a pre-expansion event where these uh elementals are showing up all over the azeroth and you're having to go defeat them and by defeating them you get a bunch of ketchup gear and some pets and an heirloom uh item and it's a quick way to level up your characters. So I've been, I leveled up my mage like over the course of two days from 50 to 60. And then I'm working on my druid right now, getting her from 50 to 60. So I'm going to let Chris tell the whole story when he is back on the podcast um, at the start of January, but he has decided to go full alt army. Okay. So, uh, Please look forward to it, because the story is crazy. Please be excited. Um, Please be excited. Oh, I always go my Hunter through any expansion first, just because I know Hunter backward and forward, and she's the character that, that I've done pretty much everything on. She has the most achievements uh, out of any of them, so that's who I always roll with at first. So I, I'm annoyed. Even though she has the most achievements, she apparently doesn't have the most mounts because um the Draxir had like eight mounts that you can collect and that was exactly how many i needed to get the 350 mount achievement um but it counts it the achievement is for mounts usable on one character so for some reason it didn't count hers but then i log into my paladin and the achievement pops so that that was cool. kind of, yeah that was kind of unexpected annoying. but cool um, I don't know how I'm going to get up to 150 to be able to get the Ghost Daughter for, for the 500 reward, but I guess I'll get there eventually? Question mark? <laughs> I don't know. Um, what is the expansion drop? I think at the end of the month. So I'll be looking forward to that. But in the meantime, yeah, time to level the alt army. Yay. And I, I really want to level my Drek'thir, but I had no idea until Vaughn pointed out that they start out at like 58 and then cap out at 60 once you finish their opening zone. 
for some reason, I got it in my head that they started out at level 10. Actually, kind of a funny story. So because I got it in my head that they started out at level 10, I started decking out my dragon and heirlooms and was wondering why I was doing so badly. And he was like, you know, those heirlooms are probably worthless, right? And I was like, well, start out at level 10. Like, no, look at your map or look at your character screen. Oh, 58. How did I miss that? And then, you know, uh, equip the gear that he she came with or he came with. That's like, oh, that was my problem. <laughs> um, they're a really neat class to play. They're, they're, they're magic focused. So they have lots of, of fireballs and stuff that they lop at things. But they also... Um, do the deep breath attack like Anixia and do the kind of sweeping fireball move that a lot of the dragon bosses do. So it, it's just hilarious doing that. I'm the deep breather now kind of thing. And now you have to watch out for my tail lash. Oh, yeah. Um, that's all I've been playing. How about you, Miss Anna? Um, besides Pokemon, I've also been playing a little bit more Rune Factory 5. So I think I'm right around level 50. Um, I'm, I found out that Osmond, Oswald, Oz something or other has escaped custody and now I'm chasing after him. So, and somebody came to my town who thinks he's a god. (laughs) Is he actually a god, Kelly? I believe so, yeah. Oh, seriously? <laughs> I thought he was delusional. <laughs> That's funny. I might have to court him. Yeah, he's he's pretty easy to court. He also um, has some pretty neat stuff for sale. That's very magical. Yeah. So I was I was deciding which of my um, which of my facilities in the town that I should start prioritizing upgrading. And so I was looking at a guide and it was like for tier one, these are the two you want to focus on first, but for tier. uh, And it was funny because the guide was like for tier one um, upgrade the, the crystal abra absolutely last it's tier one is useless. And then I'm like, all right, how about tier two so that I can start planning ahead of time? And it's like tier two, the, the crystal abra is the most important thing you can upgrade. And I'm like, um, those two things seem to be weird. If it's so, that good, why wouldn't you prioritize the first upgrade? Yeah. So that guide confused me very muchly. Yeah, that makes no sense. Was it the Game 8 guide? Um, It might have been. Because that was the one I was using most of the game. It was also, like, what, 12 months ago? Yes. <laughs> um, so so are you are you really liking it? You must be here um, at level 50. You didn't five-hour rule that guy. I was really close to. I was really close to five-houring it. Um, I still hate the animations. I still think they take way too freaking long. Um, I've decided to just get over it. <laughs> mm. Um. Now that they're bothering me less, I'm definitely digging the game. 
now now that I'm into it, I have an established routine. Um, I'm starting to craft stuff for the townspeople to wear because I'm taking them out partying. Um, I have like 12 monsters that I've captured and I have uh, started to build up my my culinary skills. Now, now I'm in it. Now I'm in it. The animations many, still just take way too freaking long, though. How many farm dragons are you up to? How many earth dragons? Uh, yeah, just farm uh, dragons. Three. I think I have earth, fire, water. Okay. Cool. So I presume wind is coming next. I think so. So. I know you can get up to five. Okay. So I, I was talking to one of the Natsume VIPs and uh, I was complaining to them about the game and they were like, make it up to X point in the story. And if at that point it is not grabbing you, just stop playing. And so I am very close to that point. So we'll see. So what have you been playing, Phil? Well, I've been playing uh, Poker Quest. Poker Quest is a little indie game uh, that uh, it's a roguelite. And so basically, you know, we've done a lot of deck builder games on my my stream. We've done everything from Slay the Spire to Monster Train and um, Rogue Book and a whole bunch of these guys where you go through and you build a deck as you go along. You put cards in, you take cards out maybe if you're really lucky and you try to build a tight deck that kind of feels a little like Magic the Gathering that you're trying to build these combos of cards that'll pop up in your hand and overwhelm the enemy. With with Ro with Poker Quest instead, uh, you're given uh, some playing cards from a normal playing deck, like nine of clubs, and like it's like normal, the good old fashioned fifty two deck. And what those cards do is they fuel your attack and your defenses. So you, for example, uh, on the toad here or that I have on the screen, uh, in order to attack with the sword, I need to pull a couple of cards that add up to at least 13, and that will allow me to do 16 points of damage. Or the dagger poison, if I have any cards adding up to at least seven, it will poison the enemy for six and draw an extra card. Uh, works for defense too. I have a helm that if I get a cards adding up to at least 10, it'll block for 11 damage. Um, and as you go through your runs, uh, you'll have various opportunities to purchase uh, upgrades. So the shops are randomly determined, so uh, both their location and the items that they give you. But some of those can be really, really clutch uh, in helping you get through some of the tougher areas. Knowing what works and what doesn't work well together can be super helpful. And there are uh, some really challenging fights. Some of the fights feel, uh, the enemies, by the way, are fueled the same way. They'll pull up cards, and you can see their attacks very clearly at the top of the screen as far as what they can do. Uh, and and then you got to take a look at the cards that they have showing you, and they might have a, a card or two face down, maybe sometimes three. And you have to kind of make some calculations in your head of whether or not you think they're going to attack. Most classes have some also some other resources to manage, such as red gems or energy that can be used offensively or defensively. And uh, but those are limited resources. Plus, you can also purchase items that have limited uses. Uh, so you'll be managing those very are, you know, RPG esque there. Uh, in terms of the consumables being limited uh, so that every decision of should I use, you know, these gems to uh, to to give myself some extra cards or use some energy to stun the enemy this round so he doesn't have the, the possibility of pulling that killer attack every turn is is can be 
thought-provoking in terms of weighing those probabilities on the scale and taking your risk. Uh, and it and it is uh, the poker name comes in the fact that a lot of times a lot of the weapons and the skills will have like in order to activate this weapon you need to have a pair you know a pair or you need to have a three card flush um, or you know or a blackjack. Uh, so it's using a lot of those. Um, card terms but it also has a little bit of that poker flavor and the fact that when an enemy has cards face down you're kind of looking them in the eye going hmm do they really have this card that they need to 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 fill up you know to basically meet the criteria for this really nasty attack that can put me up against a wall uh, so that is all very very compelling because it's a rope light every run gives you uh, currency that you can use to spend on permanent progressions like you can with hades to make your future runs easier um, however what's kind of intriguing and a little bit i don't know almost opposed to itself is the fact that you can always play the game in classic mode which means none of those permanent progression um buffs apply and you're basically playing as if you're on a fresh account with no buffs the classic mode gives a like twice as much uh, currency or XP uh, for unlocking new stuff. So ironically, the less you play in the or the 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 the, the, the less you play with those buffs turned on, the faster you can earn them. So it's almost like, well, if I keep practicing without the buffs, then I'll probably never need them, right? So that's kind of interesting. Um, but the other monkey wrench into that meta progression is the fact that that XP that you get that you can spend on those uh, meta progressions is also what's used to unlock classes. Uh, now you don't have to spend it to unlock classes. Basically, as you earn so much XP, um, you unlock new classes, and then you can also spend that X. You know, as you accumulate that XP, you spend it, so to speak, as separate currency. I swear they should just call it a separate currency, but you spend whatever XP you have on uh, perma progressions in the non-classic mode, and you can you can always refund and reshuffle those those purchases however you want uh but so it, it definitely is pretty compelling because I, I don't really care about the 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 perma progression part of it just because you, you know i keep playing in classic mode just to get experience twice as fast I, I every once in a while i'll do a buff run just to see how far i can get but for the most part i stick with classic but it is really cool of like knowing hey i'm i'm now just 100 more XP away from unlocking Vampire class, I think. Uh, so far, I've unlocked six classes. And uh, I saw a screenshot uh someone's game that looked like there was well over, could be close to about 20 classes to eventually unlock. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to play. And they're dra they're dramatically different. The very first class you get uh, that you start off playing with is uh, is the Knight. And he just has a sword and a shield. Uh, and his gameplay feels very straightforward. And he's about to attack, pump some cards into the shield. Shield has a one-turn cooldown, so you can't spam it. Uh, so you need to kind of time that to get the benefit out of it. Uh, and the sword is just simply pop a couple of cards in it, and, and it'll attack for the some of those cards. Very, very straightforward uh, to play that particular class. I kind of struggle with that. I died early and often, but for the most part, as long as you make it past the first few fights, you're still going to get XP. And I eventually... Uh, it was uh, the second class was the rogue, but then the third class was the 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 uh, I forget what they call her, but she's like a wizard, mage of hearts or something like that, and she's badass because her her skills are if she gets a pair of cards that can be used to cast magic missile. Magic missile does double the sum of the cards. So if you get two tens, well, you know with a sword it would only do twenty, but with magic missile 
you know, it'll do 40. But the catch is you got to have a pair of cards that you're only drawing at the beginning of the game, like two or three at a time. You can draw some extra darkness. Yeah, I attack the darkness of the magic missiles. But what's really cool about her is that she has um, she has uh, big sleeves on her robes, so she can stuff cards into her sleeves for uses <laughs> on next turns. Because of course she can. And that's kind of awesome. And she has a magic trick that's powered by energy that allows her to to, to take any two cards either on uh, her side or on the enemy side and force those to be recycled, which means you basically have to discard those cards and pull two new cards from the deck. So if the enemy has, let's say, you know, he has a killer attack that requires two kings to use and I see two kings in his hand, I'll just force him to redraw those kings. Suddenly he no longer has two kings. So it's ex- it's extremely potent as a defensive weapon. Uh, but at the same time, I'll spam it to if, if I don't think the enemy has a good hand, I'll spam it on my own cards to get myself uh, to, to throw out some of my lower cards to try to get another pair of high cards so I can spam our magic missiles. So I've had a lot of luck writing with the with the mage, but it, it just to me, it feels incredibly different and yet incredibly fun from the, the night. But the, the rogue or the thief, I should say, uh, I had a good run with them. There's a ninja. I've unlocked druid and right now I'm playing toad. Um, which Toad, in a lot of ways, feels very similar to the knight. It has a sword and he has a defense card. He also has a poison dagger. But um, uh, his special ability is that he can hop anywhere on the map. Because in between the fights, you're looking at like a rogue, typical rogue slay the spire type of map where you can look and uh, you can choose to the left or to the right and kind of see what's coming down the road. Um, and, and with Toad, he can hop anywhere on the map with some energy. He can... He can just be like, you know what, I'm just going to go way over there. Uh, he can actually skip content if he wants, which I don't advise because you're missing out on precious currency that you'll need to upgrade stuff later on. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. So I'm just farting around with him uh, until I unlock Vampire here because that's the next class I get to unlock. But yeah. Oh, no, it tells you what you get to unlock next? Yeah, it just always it teases you. It knows how to like do the dopamine thing and going, hey, you're only 100 more XP from that vampire. No. Don't you want to see what that class does? <laughs> every time you die and, and you end a run or you end a run, then it will it'll show that little bar just filling up a little bit more going, oh, you're that much closer to unlocking the vampire. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, once you get to the end of like the first main world, uh, the, here to talk about poker, there's some betting going on. When you when you beat if you beat that boss, it'll say, "Hey, congratulations! You've earned let's say 100 experience points so far. You can stop now, and we'll give you a 50 experience point bonus. Or hear us out, you can play World Two, which is harder, right? And the normal rules apply, which is for every every step you take on the map, you get five more XP." wait a minute, I can get a 50 XP bonus now, or basically I can keep pushing forward and see if I can get at least 10 more battles to break even. And then, you know, if I go past that, everything else is gravy, right? So it, it definitely does this whole, you know, betting thing in a, in a, in a way, but... It's very, let's make a deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's fairly well done. They have a really great little Discord community. So when you play the game, a lot of times when you finish or something, they'll say, hey, do you want to post our Discord? It's very good at pushing their social media. So I joined their Discord community. At first, I was struggling, and they were very helpful in pointing me in the right direction. Flutter my little community manager heart. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have people over there who are happy to help, 
answer questions and stuff. And then I told him I was streaming the game and a lot of them came over and gave me hot tips and stuff as they were watching me do runs and uh, helped me to understand the game better. So yeah, it's a really, really fun little time waster. It, it just really is. A, last week it was slice and dice, right? That was showing off this kind of scratches that same itch, but instead of dice, you're using uh, playing cards. And I just think it's very fascinating because I don't have to, you're not worried about that whole deck building thing and just getting the right combination of cards. Instead, it's more probably for the harder runs, you're just trying to get eventually the right combination of weapons and items uh, from the shop and just knowing how those work together and how to manage those. So the consumables, for example, tend to be very, very important when you use the right ones uh, and buy the right, right ones. Uh, the consumables, once you, you know, if you buy a particular consumable, it'll a lot of them will have like three uses, five uses, seven uses. Uh, once they're done, they're empty. They don't get destroyed. They're just empty. But you can refill them uh, at a campfire. You can usually refill one consumable. So you can manage that and 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 have something else at your back, but they can be pretty, pretty powerful. And so you can start putting together some really powerful builds um, using uh, these things can work together. Like one condition that you can get to the enemy uh, increases the poison value. Usually poison goes down every turn. Instead, a particular condition will make poison go up every turn. Um, so if you use that in conjunction with a good poison build, um, it's easy to get the hit point damage to scale on longer fights really quickly which can be very helpful when you get to these boss fights who have three 700 hit points. So yeah, it's a fun little game. I, I can definitely recommend it. It's the best 10 bucks I spent. It's usually 15 bucks. It's on sale right now. They just hit 1.0. That's why I bought it. I don't like to buy too many early access games, but uh, I saw it hit 1.0. So I had good steam reviews, figured it was 10 bucks. What the hell? And now it's, it's something that's hard to put down. So I got a, a, a I got a 2080 super graphics card on an Alienware computer, and I'm playing Poker Quest that looks like it could run on your cell phone. So there you go. Uh, Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors, I, I keep plugging away at that. It's kind of like a great game to play around when someone's talking to me on the phone because I can mindlessly kill stuff while chatting. And um, like the third world, uh, the third post-game map on that one, which is, uh, I think, based off of, Oh, gosh, darn it. Where he's going around on the boat. What's that one? Wind Waker. Thank you. It's based on Wind Waker and stuff. So you use a lot of a lot of the maps uh, focus on the Wind Waker characters and enemies and what have you. Uh, you. You unlock a ton of Wind Waker outfits for your characters, which is really, really cool. I just unlocked a new new robes for Zelda, which makes her look really awesome. But one of the things I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I picked it up in a Wind Waker world or before and I just didn't notice it. But, you know, Link, right? So Link in Hyrule Warriors is special because he has literally six different weapons he can pick from. Most of the characters have one weapon, maybe two, sometimes three. Uh, and each one of those weapons will play differently. It's one of the cool things about Hyrule Warriors. There's just so many different characters. And then some of those characters have multiple weapons. And each of these weapons feel distinct and different. With uh, With Link, he has six very, very distinct weapons, including one where he is the weapon. Because you equip it as the giant fairy. She puts Link in the bottle. And then she goes around. The giant fairy goes around and kills everything with a bottle of Link. Just whacks it around like it's some bludgeoning weapon. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that one? Mm -mm. It is hilarious. Look it up on YouTube sometime. It is the funniest thing ever. It's a Link weapon, but it's it's called Great Fairy. But instead, 
you know, it's the great fairy you're moving around. Link's in the bottle for once. Because you know how he's always trapping fairies in bottles? <laughs> the fairy has Link trapped in a bottle. And when she attacks, she's magically, telekinetically just swinging this bottle around, just smacking all the monsters with it while Link is probably getting seasick in, inside. <laughs> um, it's the most hilarious thing ever. It is, unfortunately, though, a very uh, clunky, quote-unquote, weapon uh, to play, and I and I don't really ever use it. Um, but one of the Link weapons is the uh, gauntlets, right? He has the, the strength gauntlets, right, in, in the games. Uh, let him lift huge boulders and whatever have you and it usually comes equipped with a ball and chain that he'll use to smack enemies around when you do the muso or special attack he will he will slam the mace into the ground and pull it back and instead of like ripping up a chunk of the earth in the uh, what it does it literally takes the screen and turns it upside down with his just his brute strength the screen like the ground will suddenly be on the top half of your monitor and then it'll come crashing down all the enemies will take a ton of damage it's badass it's it's really great again you should watch it or play it if you haven't seen it before but what's really funny is i had a map where they want me to use the the, the the gauntlet, and I hardly ever use it, but I'm like, okay, whatever, I can play the gauntlet. And I put it on, I start going around, I realize, holy shit, instead of having like a normal ball and chain, he's got a chomp chomp. He's what? got a chomp chomp, yeah. <laughs> Google, Google up, Google up Hyrule Warrior chomp chomp, I don't know, but he's got a chomp chomp on it. And when he does that whole ground slamming thing for the Muso attack where the ball, you know, or the mace spiky ball would, would go into the ground instead, chomp chomp bites into the ground with his teeth and then it rips the ground upside down. Uh, but yeah, it's a chomp chomp, which totally makes sense because we've oh seen gosh, chomp chomp is a chain chomp in hyrule warriors Isn't oh my great? god this is amazing it's the cutest thing ever i'll show it on the stream guys if you're watching the stream i'll show it in a minute when i'm not talking because i i can't talk and pull things up at the same time uh that's where i'm my multitasking uh skills so reach their apparently limit, there's a fan crack theory that that's actually bow wow <laughs> yeah bow wow exactly that's what is. i was thinking that's what i was thinking bow wow <laughs> um no i because i i played um not Ocarina of Time, but um, what, what was that Awakening. one? Link's Awakening. On the original platform, Game Boy Advance, I think it was, or Game Boy, or whatever it was. I, that was such a special game. I haven't gotten to the remaster on the Switch, but I uh, that to me has a special place in my heart. Uh, great game. Uh, but yeah, that's what kind of the memories, that's what I was thinking, Bow Wow. Uh, but yeah, totally badass. <laughs> when I was younger, I and I played Link's Awakening. I was like, "Why is there a chain chomp in the game, and why do they keep referring to it as a dog?" Not realizing that in J Japanese, um, chain chomp is called wanwan, which is the onomatopoeia for do a dog barking. Hmm. And I, I guess oh. it was curious. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that explains. So much. Well, that and it was created because I can't remember if it was Miyamoto or not. Was was uh, scared of a dog on a chain. <laughs> so yeah, he head cannon all chain chomps are dogs. Very cute. 
I, I, I've been playing this game probably for an obscene amount of hours at this point, uh, and it still keeps throwing new things that surprise me here and there. The new outfits are really a nice touch. You get new weapons, and, and the numbers just kind of go up, and so you're like, okay, whatever. My numbers go up. The monster's numbers go up. What's the point? But Numbers the, go burr. Yeah, but the point is, like, it, some of these things look really, really cool. Some of the weapons look really, really awesome. Um, and if you like the game, it's just a delight and a treat to – you know, discover something like Bow Wow is all of a sudden your gauntlet whip. And all of a sudden I'm going to be playing the gauntlet a lot more just because I want to see more Chain Chomp or Bow Wow. Uh, <laughs> that is just great. <laughs> Screw the Master Sword. Yep. Hashtag that, Team Bow Wow. That's exactly what I told my friend. I was like, screw the Master Sword. I'm playing, you know, Bow Wow from now on. This is hilarious. It, it's a good weapon, too. It's fun to play. And uh, so I remember on the 3DS version uh, when you did uh, the gauntlet ball and chain dealing, did the screen flipping thing it just a poor 3ds <laughs> it was like three frames of animation talk about jank it just it you could just hear your 3ds smoking and starting to overheat you smell the circuitry frying it just couldn't handle it uh, the more you talk about this the more i want to go back and play fire War, fire emblem warriors three hopes oh yeah don't do this to me phil don't oh, do this three hopes oh my gosh i need to play more of that too no i'm gonna get sucked back in that's just, been taunting me because it's been on sale all week and it's on my Christmas list. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. You definitely need to do it. It's, I, I will tell you, they have done just a Pull the great trigger. job. Pull the trigger. If do you it. get a second one, you can always refund it. No. <laughs> I yeah. am the demon sitting on Kelly's shoulder. No, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> You can blame it on me. There's even there's even audio proof that I told you to do it. No, I'm good. I'm good. Is Vaughn in the chat yelling at me? I don't think so. He he stayed up a little late last night, so he might be still passed out. They've done a really good job with these Muso games on the Switch. It's just it's just incredible. I I just yeah. So that's that's it. That's it for me. I mean, there's something else, but I'll, I'll wait. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's a third one, but I'll wait till we talk about it when the article pops up. Sweet. All right. So we are going to jump into your feedback. Um, um, sorry, I was going to start. Go for uh, it. Our question of, from, of the week from last week was, how much time between a game's announcement, announcement and release do you prefer? Um, from Kroll, when it comes to time between announcement and release, I like variety. I love a good shadow drop when something is released out of nowhere, but it would be dull if it never if we never had a chance of anticipation. Anything up to a couple of years is good. Again, as long as not everything takes that long. Metroid Prime, though, is stretching my patience. Yes, uh, Metroid Prime 4, he means. I feel um, like Metroid Prime 4 is the poster child for why you shouldn't announce games early. Mm-hmm. I, more of a poster child than Duke Nukem Forever? I mean... uh, <laughs> You know what? Yes. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just going to yell like, yes, yes it is. Uh, actually, Cyberpunk, I think, is the poster child for that. Ooh came out it got delayed and delayed and then it came out and it wasn't even i, I mean people talk about jank in pokemon <laughs> that game was jank it's top of mind because it's our next backtrack are you going to talk about how you could make a pinor so big that it came out of your clothes 
Um, maybe. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> Sam is on the show, so that oh, should be an Oh, yes, there is definitely going to be plenty of Pinor mentioned then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam's always a treat for the show. She is a character, and I love her. Sam's on the show. Just click the I'm Premature button. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very rarely do I not. Um, from Strawberry <laughs> Eggs. <laughs> yep, we do. Strawberry Eggs, aka Cassandra. I prefer a year before releases. A shadow drop for small announcements is fine, but I tend to forget games that release in a short amount of time. A year before release also makes me feel less harried about playing through my backlog. Anything above two years is excessive, though that's understandable if the game's release gets pushed back. Yeah, it seems like the year is the sweet spot. It, I, I, I find it really interesting that like, um, I, I didn't put them in the sheet, uh, because it was not at the top of my mind. But I do remember seeing some conversations on Twitter in general this week, um, that like came up after I had suggested this question, and a lot of people were talking about like anything longer than two years before a game comes out is just like unforgivable. Yep. Um, like, that's sh- a weird hill to die on, but I might get up there with you. <laughs> Gosh, I, I remember when I was waiting for uh, Wild Arms Ultra Code F to come out, and then it came out, and I was like, I'm I'm sorry that I waited that long. This wasn't that good. <laughs> Ooh, um, from Shaman, question of the week. My sweet spot between announcement and release is six months so I can plan playtime and make sure I have the funds set aside if needed. So what about you guys? What is your preferred time between announcement and release? I, I'm with right there with Shaman, about six months. I yeah. think I concur. Yeah, I think that's that, that's fine, too. Yeah, six. you're right. The longer, the further out you do it, the more people just get cranky ants in the pants and get displeased so i'm having a dilemma because i i watched that uh nindies a couple of weeks ago and goodbye world was one of the games that i was like i'm gonna buy this as soon as it came out comes out it came out yesterday and now i'm like oh no (laughs) oh no do i buy it do I buy it to support the indie developer do i wait and see if it goes on sale during boxing day no so. I mean, to me, there's nothing wrong, wrong with wishlisting something. That That's honestly what it's there for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a whole bunch of games wishlisted, but some of them have been there for a very long time because they're still not done yet. Not that I'm not really one of those people who gets all crazy and, ah, it's been two years, what are you waiting for? Now, I got a little bit less patience for the whole kickstarter things is one of the reasons i stopped kickstarter and early accessing games is because i especially you know i have a little bit less patience for those guys where i've given you my money like four and a half years ago and you still haven't got to 1.0 yet then then i get a little more antsy and why now i pretty much unless your game's almost just about done i I hate doing early access and kickstarter well and i i got really burned because i um backed sunhaven um, which is sort of a slice of life farming um, RPG. And one of the big reasons that I backed it is they were like, it's going to be out within the next six months. 
and it actually took eight. And then on top of that, they were like, we're releasing on early access today. And I'm like, that is not what the Kickstarter said was going to happen. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Kickstarter, I went back and looked and it's the Kickstarter says it is very unlikely that we are going to go into early access because we want to put as complete a game in your hands as possible. Mm. And it's and they still don't have controller support a year and a half later. Mm. Yikes. So, yeah, I feel massively burned by that Kickstarter, and I'm so frustrated because the game definitely still does look like it has a lot of potential. Um, but that is a developer development team that I am never going to trust again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's been a number of I, Divinity Original Sin. I mean, there's been a number of successful Kickstarters I've gotten behind and very happy that I was able to be a part of, you know, their their success. It's just those burning ones have taught me like <laughs> if you if you back like let's say eight kickstarters and two or three of them you know are lost in development limbo are you going to keep doing kickstarters because you had the other six or five that were that were good i i, I don't know well and that being said i feel like i kind of had an aha moment because um i got I, I backed a couple of Kickstarters, and I I know that Sunhaven. It's just what it is. What it is. Um, there's another one that I was 99% sure was going to get delayed, um, but I was 100% okay with that. Um, but then I backed two book Kickstarters. Maybe actually, I think I booked backed three book Kickstarters, and one of them 100% on time. 100% delivered on what it was going to be. Awesome. Um, the the second one is the Brandon Sanderson, and so I won't see it until next year because it's the year of Sanderson is 2023. And then the third one, I felt so bad. They're late, but it is not in any way their fault. Um, so they have... So when you get an autographed book by an author, if they're signing a lot of copies, what they do is called a tip-in sheet, which is basically all of the pages get sent to the author he signs all of the sheets, puts it on a pallet, and ships that pallet off to the printer. Mm-hmm. Well, this author signed all of his tip-in sheets, and UPS lost them. Oh, oh no. They lost an entire pallet of tip sheets. And so he had to reprint all of the tip-in sheets, re-sign all of the tip-in sheets, and then re-get them to the printer, except by that point, he had lost his... Um, spot in the printing queue so now they're like all right we're at the back of the line now and there's really nothing that we can do about it because um during covid a bunch of printing houses either went out of uh, business or they consolidated and so there just isn't as many printing houses as there was five years ago so if you're not on time you're kicked to the back of the line and it'll be done when it's done You think but, some poor person got like that whole pallet full of signatures and got really confused? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I have to wonder, like, there there definitely is in the back of my mind some wondering if like someone realized what that pallet was and just stole it. <laughs> it's not entirely... realizing that they were just sheets and not autographed books. <laughs> So, I mean, it was insured and stuff, but I mean, I just feel so bad for him because those books were supposed to be like starting to ship now and they're not even going to print until January at this point. Yeah, that that's annoying. And that sucks. But it also gave me a new perspective on um, how pissed I am about some of these video game delays because are these things out of their hand? Or are they not? 
Yeah. Well, I'm think, learning patience in my old age. I think if it's a few months or, you know, something's not a big deal um, when it's years. I mean, I go back and look at these Kickstars. I'm like, it's been four years. Um, and it was supposed to be like a year or two, you know, originally pitched. I'm like, OK, somewhere you guys really I don't I, I some, some wondering if they're even really still truly working on it, especially if there hasn't been an update on our blog for a while. Um, I'm worried a little bit about Valheim. Because that was such an indie darling when that came out. They sold so much. Um, but the the updates to that seem to be very, very slow in the coming. And it's it, we're almost going to hit two years soon. And it doesn't really look like they've made substantial progress into getting to 1.0. So. Ah, uh, Soul Saga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where were we at? Um, we're questions. about ready to get in. More questions. Um, we're about ready to get into the news. I should go because I've been watching Power Rangers. All of the Power Rangers on YouTube. I just discovered that this week. I can't stop watching it. All of them, like at least up to the last few years, maybe. But I'm watching the entire first season. Every single episode's up on there. So I was too old for Power Rangers when it first came out, but it was when I was babysitting. So I ended up watching a ton of it anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm i not going to lie. I didn't like it when it came out. But then I kind of got used to it because it was literally the only thing on at 4 o'clock during weekdays. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then Tommy came on and I kind of had a crush on him for the longest time. I liked the Blue Ranger. Oh, mm-hmm. Billy? Honestly, I liked Kimberly, but... Uh. <laughs> Everyone like Kimberly Lesbian. No, but yeah, no. <laughs> it's just, and it's a really fun because, you know, there's so much rehash footage in that, right? It's the cheapest show ever made, I swear. Um, I love all the corny <laughs> special effects. They had one of the enemies got frozen. I use that in air quotes because they just wrapped him up in plastic wrap. You know, <laughs> used a fire extinguisher or a fog machine. And there, boom, he's frozen. I mean, the cheesiest effects in the world. But, and a lot of it's recycled footage every time they bring the robots together and they call them as the words, it's all recycled. So it's, it's a great show to have on the side while I'm doing like dungeon designs and stuff for my Pathfinder groups. It's a something I don't really have to pay full attention to here and there, but I'll like, oh, what's the monster this week? Holy cow, does that costume look cheap? <laughs> um, so yeah, fun times. But I digress. So, Go ahead, Kelly. So uh, speaking of uh, sort of giant robots, are you guys excited for Kuro no Kiseki 2? Someday? One of these days, um, not now in America, but in Japan, they get a pair of demos. Oh, so ah. there's there's a story demo and a battle demo that lets players play through the main game prologue and can be carried over to the full game. Um, the battle demo lets you explore some dungeon area or a side dungeon area. So yeah, that's out now and well, has looks, been out since September. Looks very cute, very anime, very pretty, very colorful. I mean, it is Legend of Heroes. Legend of Heroes. So you kind of <laughs> know what you're getting into there. <laughs> I guess call Close us when we get for anime in, the game. I guess call us when we get an American release at some point. I guess. I mean, uh, we know that they're coming. Mm-hmm. If for no other reason than um, there was a fan translation group that was making a um, Excel translation for it, and Nisa C and D did. Ah. Uh, 
So I, it, it's clear that they're coming. Well, isn't there a store page for Kuro, or is that the? Or no, that's. I the think pre- that's the Cloud Leopard version. Okay. So you can get Kuro no, no Kisaki one and two on Steam, but they're Korean. Uh, gotcha. Um, well, a game that is out, it's going to have a patch launching in early January. It is Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, they had a letter from the producer this week, and the, t- the bat- update is called God's Revel Lands Tremble. Um, going to continue the new main story quest, and is going to have the next part of the Taruto's Grand Endeavor, um, new side quests, new Hildebrand adventures, that kind of stuff. Um, do, we, do we have an exact release date, or is it just January? Um. I think they just said early January. We probably will get a date like the first week of January. Yeah. So you can be excited for that. Um, You can be excited for uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak's free title update three. It's going to have Chaotic Gore Magala, Risen Kuyasha Daora, and Risen Terrastra. Um, so are you going to stream these uh, bosses? Uh, oh, yeah, totally. Totally got to do it with one hand behind my back. Too. No, this is insane. These are insane <laughs> because these guys were already tough about and the last thing they needed to do was make these deep, damn things harder. Yeah, no, this is this is just this is just terrible stuff. No, um, I, I think I have seen you do some of the anomaly quests, right? Yeah, yeah. So we started when we were playing on the Switch, we had gotten up to the anomaly quest, which is kind of your in-game content for those who don't know. The the when you finish up with Sunbreak, uh, at least after they had released the content patches, was not in my review because they didn't have anomalies. I uh, when I at the time of release, but they added it later in. These monsters will um, these these monsters will attack faster. They'll become enraged, uh, kind of, but they'll have these parts of their body that are lit up. And if you can do enough damage to those that particular part, it'll explode on the monster and do a lot of damage to him. However, if you fail to do so, the anomaly section will explode on you and your party and do some pretty good damage to all of you. It really kind of forces people who are who have gotten through that far without targeting monster parts to learn how to target monster parts is what it, mm-hmm. what it kind of tries to do. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And then and this feeds into basically the new investigation system with, the, with those of you who play World was kind of their randomized um, uh, missions, right? Where it's just like, hey, go to this land and fight these, you know, one or two or three monsters that normally wouldn't be on those lands, occasionally with some weird condition. In this case, the fact that they have anomalies um, and 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 sometimes there'll be time limits and things like that that they'll toss in there. And the, the more conditions there are, the higher the rewards. Uh, so you do anomalies now, you get special rewards, you take it back to the the dude who does anomaly rewards, and you can unlock, you know, uh, new outfits, new weapon augments, uh, and and make better builds than you ever could uh, with, with the game before. So there's a whole new post game for those of you who played through Sunbreak and maybe got through it like I did pretty quickly, and then you're like, okay, I'm done, you need to come back because there's been, this is now the third full uh, content patch. And there is so much more now to to the game that honestly, I mean, it's if this if I if I had reviewed this now, if this is what I had gotten on release, I would have this would be a 4.5 or a 5.0 because there's just been so much added to it now. Wow, big words. Yeah. So we went we uh, here on 
here on our stream team we, on Friday nights, uh, Spare Ombrace, uh, Red and I play Monster Hunter. We did start over again with the PC version because we're like, we're going to be playing Rise for a very long time. That's clear. Like, Rise just has so much to it now. So, like, if we're going to be playing this for a very long time, we might as well play it with, six, you know, 60 plus frames a second, much better graphics and everything else. So we've all made the switch. So we're all still in low rank, uh, but we're working our way up pretty quickly. But you're more than welcome to watch us do that on Friday nights. Uh, and we usually have an open slot if somebody wants to join us. Where can they join you to do that, Phil? You can join us over at twitch.tv forward slash rpgamer. So, and that starts at 930 uh, on Friday nights. I'm usually on Wednesday through Saturday Easter. nights at 930. Yeah, Eastern. Yeah, absolutely. So, a lot of fun streaming going on. Um, sp speaking of game updates that are relevant to your interest, Phil, the Soul Hikers 2 update finally released. Woot! Yeah. It includes quality of life improvements like a toggleable dash function, high speed combat, and four new demons um, the Soul Hikers version of Pixie, Neko Shogun, Atvaris, and Isis. I, 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 Pixie. I'm trying to remember Pixie. I need to probably Google her up real quick, but I swear I unlocked her yesterday or the day before on the stream. If that's the one I'm thinking of, I'm going to look her up real quick. But it, she's really cute. Uh, but these quality of life things, I don't know. It's super interesting to me because I, I know you, you know you you played it, so you might have the criticism. I know some people were like, the game's too slow. It was just funny for me because that criticism for me, from my perspective, because the combat already had a fast mode. And you could skip animations on some of the longer things, like the like the end of the round attack or whatever have you. I'm not saying it was the fastest combat system in the world, but it was hardly pokey. Um, the running around. But it, it did uh, feel kind of plotting. I guess. Yeah. People complain. Es especially since the spawn rate was pretty atrocious. People, yeah, people, people. Uh, well, I'm talking about the combat itself first. Not that's that's when you're running no, around the map. I, that's another I, thing. I know, but when you're constantly getting into trivial fights and it's a pain in the ass to run away, you just want to get through the fights as quickly as possible. Oh, I just keep yeah, knocking him I over concur. with the sword. Don't you just knock him over with the sword and walk by him? Just be like, you're down. You, you can. Yeah, but that, yeah, I guess you can, but I, I know in some of those areas in the, what is it, the mirror dimension? or? Oh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, the, the little yeah. the, the little soul where you hack into their souls, so to speak, the party members' yeah. souls. Yeah, there's a lot of low-level enemies there, mm -hmm. which I was just trying to knock out those stupid side quests, and those little enemies pop up. So that was on the stream a couple of days ago, had to, to knock over. But they, they have pulled some of those back, it seems. I don't think there's quite as many. You, oh, to your point, that yeah. is nice to hear. To, to, to your, so now that was the second. So first of all, I was just kind of commenting on the combat first. But to your other point, as far as the dungeon itself, where you're walking around, it did seem like every time you turned around, to turn there would be a monster in your face so you couldn't even mm -hmm. knock them over sometimes because you took a left-hand turn there's a monster that was in your that was out of your uh, field of vision that's right there and boom combat start you didn't have a, a chance to react it yeah. seems like it's been pulled back i i went through oh, i went through so the, nice to hear i went through the entire thing and i did not fight maybe one fight maybe one fight that i didn't want to fight you know that i didn't react quick enough or whatever uh and that was with running by the way so now you have running now she runs all the time you just hit a button and she runs instead of walks so you move you move through the dungeons a bit faster um so that's pretty nice uh but but the yeah i, I feel like they pulled back the the number of times these guys pop up so it, it, i wasn't running into them every time i turned left so mm -hmm. I, I will say that's pretty nice 
But if you want to watch me stream that, I stream that sometimes at Twitch. Now I'm back. Now that this has been updated, I've been waiting for this update because I started playing it. I got about 10 hours in. And when they had announced this update, I said to the, everybody on the stream, I'm putting it on the shelf until this is out. Because why would I play <laughs> the <laughs> the uh, the version without the quality of life uh, while I know that's on the horizon a month or two? So that's exactly what I did. Yeah. And it's it's pretty cool. Pretty cool, I... pretty cool. I'm mildly annoyed that that stuff wasn't put in the game from the get-go, but hey, I'm glad it's fixed now. Maybe people can enjoy it more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's hard to complain with quality. It's kind of like the same thing with uh, with the Monster Hunter uh, Sunbreak. I'm glad they put all this stuff in. Part of me says it would have been nice, and maybe you should have had that in there to begin with, because you've had investigations, for example, the very beginning of Monster Hunter World and stuff. So there is uh you know a predecedent for having this stuff in there from the get-go rather than releasing it later on with content patches but i'm sure you had investors to please and deadlines to meet so it's fair yep um are you guys excited for new fire emblem we've got a new story trailer yes yes uh, this one gets into more story elements, including controlling a divine dragon, aiming to collect emblem rings in order to restore peace to the land. Uh, these rings have can summon heroes from other worlds. Looks like you can summon old Fire Emblem characters from them, from what I saw from the trailer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, this this is coming out on January 20th, 2023. Um, it might be gone, but I just saw that it was on the collector's edition was on sale for on Amazon. Oh, um, so podcast listeners, it'll probably be gone, but live listeners, you might want to jump on that. Um, I already pre-ordered my collector's edition from Target. I'm gonna go look it up right now, but yeah, no, I, I'm excited. I know some people have criticized the look of the main character. I, I kind of like it. I don't know if I'm just weird that way, but I think it all looks really cool. You get to call back the old heroes and everything like that. It's it probably it pushes a little bit towards too much uh, fan service for some, but I don't care. Uh, I'm fan all about fan service. service. All about it. Oops, all waifus edition. Oops, all <laughs> I'm not saying about waifus. I'm just saying like the other fan service. Like you know, you're doing a lot of nostalgia baiting. Your your characters looks like it was written or or drawn up by some fan somewhere type of stuff. <laughs> what you don't like the Joy-Con look? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the Joy-Con look. I know some people aren't. I'm like you know it's different. I'm okay with it. Oh my god, that that reminds me. So. Anna, did you notice that the switch in your room in Pokemon was the OLED? No, I didn't. Um, somebody, if anybody has the special Pokemon edition of the their switch, tell me if their game has the uh, Pokemon edition in their room. I just need to know for science. For science, okay. <laughs> it looks like it's still there's a Fire Emblem engaged Divine edition for 99.99 and yep. it says the item will be released on january 20 2023 and has the art book and art cards and a poster mm. uh, with lots of red and blue in it i know shocker it's got a ton Were of you red surprised? And blue I, I, was surprised. I, I was totally surprised i just i i have been every time that i see that this collector's edition might be in stock somewhere i kind of have to stop and be like no no i don't actually want this physically but because this is the kind of game that I'm going to play it more than once. I'm going to play it over a period of time. This is exactly the kind of game that I want to buy digitally. 
Mm, that's a good and point. I just don't need the schlock that comes with it. Yeah, that's that's, that's that was that was my attitude like the the Warriors games and stuff like that. I just know I'm going to Monster Hunter Rise and stuff. I end up buying them digitally because I know I'm just going to keep going back to them and I don't want to look for the tiny little cartridge and then accidentally stick it in my mouth while I'm trying to find my switch and then realize they taste horrible. Oh not, no. Not that I've ever done that before. I no, definitely <laughs> haven't done that. No, definitely not. I uh, I I like to collect the Fire Emblem special editions, so I've I've done that since Fates came out, and yeah, that's just me. I like having them. Yeah, 100%, and I think that it is good that we each have the option to specifically do that. I think that is sort of the way to do it. I'm just at the point where um, we are going to move countries, and so the less crap we have to put in boxes and ship over the border, the better. Mm-hmm. I even sent away my Soul Hackers 2 collector's edition, so. Ooh. Yep, that, I remember that. I'm glad I didn't get that. I would have been very upset with myself. Yep. Uh, Hindsight's 2020. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sp- speaking of ridiculous collector's editions, Owlcat Games released their details for Warhammer 40k Rogue Traders and included details about the collector's edition. This collector's edition is honking. So, and and here's the thing that sort of cracks me up. Um, so, in this collector's edition, you get a digital, digital copy of the PC game, um, the developer's digital pack, a 20-centimeter or cellio statue, a hardcover art book, a warrant of trade, a sticker sheet, and a cloth banner. Ooh, it's not a cloth map, it's a cloth banner. And Kelly, what would you be willing to pay for this um, statue and art book and stickers and cloth banner? Oh, given that Warhammer figurines alone go for triple digits, I mean, a hundred (laughs) bucks? More. Uh, Well, I mean, I'm looking at the price right now so i can't play dumb forever <laughs> see like, the thing that you pay I, for it higher 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 the, the thing that i am bothered by is that you know as warhammer is traditionally a painted thing why is the statue painted you should have oh, to paint that holy sh- bullshit talking <laughs> mushrooms i think phil just noticed that the price for holy, this collector's edition is 299.99 how what the literal i'm pretty sure shirley's not gonna let me do this yeah holy cow wow warhammer fans if you buy this let me know if you uh primed the statue and painted it yourself i have to know it is a very pretty statue but not for that much it doesn't even look posable It, it it's expensive Oh my God, Phil! If you're if you're annoyed by that, you should see how much just regular Warhammer figures are. I will say the stickers look cool. Yeah, shame, (laughs) shame, and nobody will ever use them. Yeah, for that much, you know, I'm gonna put them in shrink wrap and enshrine them on the wall somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, that is a shadow box. So it's it's looking to me like this Warhammer 40k is more of a Pathfinder like. Yeah, they're they're going for a tactical. They're going for the the tactical RPG uh, approach, and since they have the pedigree from 
you know, the path, the very excellent Pathfinder games, uh, you know, it's definitely and the look of it kind of fits that niche. It definitely feels like that they're leveraging that experience pretty hard uh, in making this uh, in making this title. Uh, they have said, as it says here in the article, that this is only going to be turn based. Right. So uh, they're really leaning into the tactical stuff. You will not have the pause and, and play options, you know, here, which, to be fair, when I played pathfinder because pathfinder is such a crunchy system and once i got past the first you know handful of levels uh, it was almost always playing in turn-based mode because putting it in real time unless i was just already at the last enemy or two um was was a death sentence there's just too much going on yeah Mm -hmm. didn't they make um what is it called pathfinder um kingmaker yeah so they make kingmaker and wrath of the righteous oh okay yeah yeah i've i've seen both of those games at PAXs in the past, they look good, even if they are not in any way for me. Yeah, they, the, you know, the 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 Kingmaker uh, when it released, it came out to mediocre reviews because, speaking of jank, it had plenty of it. Furthermore, it was burdened by the Pathfinder rule set that people weren't familiar with, so you had players at first level dying to swarms of bats because Oof. the players the players Thank didn't you. understand you have to use AOE. And at first level, you don't have a whole lot of AOE anyway, so you need to buy some torches and get creative a little bit like you would in the pen and paper. But new players aren't going to know that. There were no tooltips. Clippy wasn't popping up saying, hey, I've noticed you're having a problem with those swarms. So people would get really pissed. Sorry, couldn't help myself. Um Navi didn't pop going, hey, listen. Uh, so hey. It, 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 there was a lot of people who were frustrated. That it, it had some bugs. It had some jank. But to their credit, they put in a lot of work. They not only got that stuff fixed, but fans had modded in a few things, including a turn-based mode, because back in that day, it was only pause and play. Uh, but the, again, when you get to those higher levels, I mean, you're just pausing every second. There's just so much going on. So uh, they listened to the fans, and I don't know if they made a deal with the mod makers or if they just did their own thing like Blizzard tends to do, but they got the turn-based mode put into the game. And it's brilliant because in other titles that have both modes, you usually have to pick at the beginning like you do with Pillars of Eternity 2. But with this game, you hit the, you can hit one button and immediately switch from real-time to turn-based and back again. And it was well, brilliant. Cool. Oh, it's so brilliant because that means if you're at the end of the fight, and you just want to clean things up, go back to real time. Uh, but you can pick and choose for each battle how you want to handle it. When they made Wrath of the Righteous, they came out of the gate with that mode already baked in and clearly learned a lot of the lessons. It still had some Wrath of the Righteous had some minor bugs and some broken things about it. But um, it's kind of kind of like with, Poke- with Pokemon, you know, it's just kind of to be expected. And here it's they they're it's a little bit more excusable just because there's so many different classes and combinations uh, that it's impossible to play test all of those thoroughly. So players would find things and they would have to get on it. But yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward. My whole point going back to Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Traders is I'm super excited for this title. I love CRPGs. And this is probably the first true crpg in the warhammer universe we've had in a while possibly of all time like your traditional turn-based pick your party out equip them classic computer rpg style type of game they've they've done everything else with warhammer everything from real-time strategy to big armies and action rpgs and diablo and everything in between so i'm very excited to see what alcat games is going to do here with rogue traders indeed just don't um, buy the collector's edition. <laughs> holy bull shiitake mushrooms. Do not buy the collector's edition. <laughs> or do. I'm not going to police what people want to do with their money. I'm, I'm not allowed to buy it. 
I'm not going to judge you, but I'm totally going to judge you if you do this. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I like you with your head attached to your shoulders, and I think Shirley would take your head off if. You, oh my uh, gosh. Tried to buy that. I don't know how we got on discussion this week, but Vaughn and I were talking about the ridiculous money we've spent on video game Lego stuff over the years. I think it was because, you know, for oh, the Warcraft um, expansion launch, they're bringing back an old trading card mount for if you watch a certain amount of hours on Twitch. Mm. And people were pissed about that because those old trading card mounts are expensive like real money expensive <laughs> i made the comment if you spend a thousand dollars on a wild mount you probably have more money than brains and this is coming from someone that bought a uh, plush replica of a cat who has six other cats i mean if you spent a thousand dollars on the on the mount and you've had it for the last two years that was your opportunity cost <laughs> I, you know, and you've had it for two years to enjoy an epine too so i have spent i have spent I have spent probably that much on World of Warcraft, you know, oh, hundreds I, of dollars, easy. I know I've spent more than that so, much on Warcraft. I, I can get why somebody might, but I think that's where I kind of look at this game. I'm like, I know I'm going to enjoy Rogue Traders uh, unless they totally botch it. I'm probably going to really enjoy it. The question is, would I enjoy it as like as many months I have as some of these? MMO? I, I don't know. That's cool. That, no, I won't. I'm not. No, that's insane. No, <laughs> don't do it. I'll judge you. I totally won't. I will. <laughs> And by the way, that that plush was a plush of Fluffy from uh, 13 Sentinels, and it's one of the best plushes I've ever bought, so don't at me. (laughs) (laughs) So, on a totally different track. Uh, Track, I see what you did there. Um, Square Enix shares additional theater rhythm final bar line details. So, this is the uh, music game that's been uh, on, like, what, mobile and 3DS for a while that's coming to Switch. Um, They've outlined three control styles for each track. You've got the standard style, the pair style, and the simple style. Um, Standard style is the core gameplay one where you're doing uh, touch triggers or button presses, stick tilts, and holding buttons. Um, pair style lets two players play together, and simple style is a simplified style which lets you use a single button, which, huh, that's kind of nice for accessibility reasons. Um, and one one reason why I'm excited about this is um, a lot of the characters from the mobile version are coming. So from Final Fantasy X, you've got Titus, Yuna, Orin, Jekt, and Seymour. Um, from X2, you've got Yuna, Riku, and Pain. From 13, you've got Vaughn, Ash, Balthier, Fran, and Galbranth. And then from 14, you've got Yastola, Thancred, Ida, Alphanod, and Yastola. Um, I'm excited for Auron. I was pissed that that one was a mobile exclusive. And yeah, you're going to have all kinds of different tracks, from even from other franchises like Nier, Saga, Octopath, Live the Live, and Chrono Trigger. Live Alive. Um, live Alive, sorry. Okay. Um, uh, it took me a long time to break that habit. Yeah. Yeah, going to be available um, on February 16th, 2023. It's going to be a day one purchase for me. I played the crap out of theater rhythm. Looks that really was like, fun. It was the best thing to do was to flop down on the beanbags in the the PAX 3DS areas and get tags and play theater rhythm. That was like mm. the best part of that convention. 
Um, and then we've got the Slavic RPG adventure. Of, I'm going to butcher this name. Vragrai announced. Uh. Um, it's a story-driven action RPG set in the historical period around the creation of the Great Morova, the first Slavic state in Central Europe. Um, we definitely have some Slavic listeners, so please bail us out. Did we pronounce that right? Vrangray? No, Vrangray? Vinaigrette! Yes! <laughs> like underwater Ray Romano. V- vinaigrette. Um, balsamic vinaigrette uh, doesn't have a release <laughs> date yet. So it's an old Slavic word meaning the cry of crows. Um, our type tactics two and or one and two gets an extra content Kickstarter. Um, so there's additional combat or additional content um, planned to be released as paid DLC that they have set a Kickstarter for for um, around $29,000 or 400 million yen. Or I'm sorry, 4 million yen. Um, it's going to run until November 30th, and if you pledge at least 16, you will receive, receive a code for the content. Our um, type tactics one and two are uh, were originally PSP games that they are re-releasing for the PS4 and 5 and Switch. Being published by NIS America. I'm yeah, so sure. this is kind of interesting for me because NIS doesn't seem to be involved with the Kickstarter. Um, and I don't think I've seen them mention it on their social media anywhere. Um, I haven't seen it either. But I'm wondering if this is sort of um, them potentially dipping their toes into the Kickstarter waters. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Could be. Um, and then speaking of Kickstarter, we've got a Kickstarter check-in for The Witch of Fern Island. This is a sandbox adventure RPG. Um, you are a witch in a, on an island that learns about the island's history, inhabitants, and magic. Um, the early access is being planned for early 2023 with a full release to follow. Um, what are they asking for? They're asking for 15,000 euros in funding till December 8th. And if you pledge at least 16 euros, you would get a digital copy of the game. So they're two thirds of the way there. They're at 11,000 out of 15,500 that they want. Looks like one of those nice witches, too, not one of those mean, cackly witches. <laughs> and she has a black cat, so double win. Double win. Um, that is all the news news. Now getting on to new releases. We've got The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt next-gen version releasing next month. Um, yeah, this is basically Witcher Wild Hunt um, with all the DLC and stuff. I don't know if they're uprezzing any of it. Um, though if you do own the PS4 and Xbox version, you will be able to upgrade to the new version for free. So... No. Always happy news when that happens. Um, Soccer Story is launching this month. Um, it will be available for, available for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series X, and Nintendo Switch. Um, they're running a closed beta right now. I, I take it this is a Inazuma 11 clone? It sure sounds like it. Oh, please, please be excited. 
Um, Risen is hitting new platformers in January. Um, this is the uh, THQ Nordic and Piranha Byte RPG. Um, it's going to release on January 24th and going to be coming out on PS4 and Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. It was um, originally PC and 360. Mm. You can look forward to that. Um, Tyrant's Blessing is heading to Switch in February, uh, February 23rd to be specific. Uh, it was originally for PC and Mac, and uh, looks like you're I, commanding I, a warrior and an uprising to banish a tyrant. I I played this uh, on stream uh, for for a hot minute, and it wasn't all that great. In a way, it's trying to be uh, like, oh my gosh, that name's on the tip of my tongue. They were the makers of FTL. Um, into the breach. Thank you. It's trying to be into the breach, but it, it it feels uneven. It's not quite as well thought out as into the breach, which is kind of a fatal flaw, since that's kind of you know a huge component of that game being as addictive as it is mm-hmm. um and if you didn't like into the breach because i've had some friends who played in the breach and they said i don't like it because it feels too puzzly uh you are definitely not going to like this one so um oh. it it has mixed reviews on steam i would point that as well so take, take double check and make sure it's what you want before you grab a hold of that one it looks cute it's a looker um and if you liked into the breach you might go oh instant buy but even if you like it, make sure you look through the reviews and see what some of those complaints are and see if that's something that you really want to jump into. Mm-hmm. Or wait for a sale. Mm-hmm. That always uh, that always takes the sting off of buying a disappointing game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought it was into the breach clone when I saw the screenshots. Oh no, it, it's definitely pulling strong vibes. It does do it, it does a couple of things, just a you know, just a tiny bit different. Like one of the weird things is, if an enemy is basically aiming at you, um, like in into the breach, if if an enemy's going to hit you in that square, you move away from that square, then the enemy will just hit thin air, you know, and and will miss you, right? Because you're no longer in that square. In this game, your shadow gets left behind, and if the enemy attacks your shadow, which he will, you'll still take the damage. So unless you have an ability that somehow gets rid of your shadow um, or you push the enemy, you know, away, that will usually do the trick. Um, but it feels like you have less defensive options uh, with this game than you did with Into the Breach. That's annoying. I, I just thought I felt the shadow mechanic was just unnecessary. And it also, of course, if you're going to do an AOE and your shadow is still there because your team members in the way, so you thought you'd move them out of the way so you could do the AOE, well, tough beanies, their shadow is still there. So they'll still take the damage from your AOE. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it it's sort of interesting. It It wants you to be highly tactical in a way that I think I would find frustrating. Yeah, I I certainly I certainly did. I I'm okay with Into the Breach. It's not my favorite game in the world, but you know I'll sit down and play you know half hour an hour here and there. But this game I don't want to go back to. It, it just there's just too it pushes that envelope a little bit further than Into the Breach, and I already felt Into the Breach was already as close to puzzly as I tend to get with tactical games. Yeah, I mean I think it's cool that they're trying to do something different. Um, but I also sort of in the back of my mind start to think about, are they solving a problem that isn't really a problem? Right. 
Like, yes, I concur that it is dumb that in a lot of TRPG games, you can just step out of AOEs that are being cast. But also, is that a problem? Well, that's the point, though. If you're casting a spell and they move, the spell's going to whiff. I don't see what the problem is and why they felt the need to fix that. Yeah, that's just me. Well, and, and it, mind you, since it's turn-based and spells will go off, you know, that you cast right away, right? There's not like a, a delay. Um, so so normally, you know, but you can move all your party members during your turn um, and then you hit execute and everything happens, right? Um, it's just that whole shadow mechanic is just really, really weird. You're still getting nailed by your own AOE because your shadow is there in and it's just yeah if you move a lot you end up having like let's say you have three usually you have i think believe three party members plus the dog the dog's like half a party member he's good at dragging other people around that's about it um so you have four party members and then when you move around a lot you end up with two or three shadows on there you basically got six party members of vulnerability but you're only doing you know three party members worth of offense so it's on a grid that's pretty small and gets crowded very quickly. Um, so it does feel like a puzzle, like, okay, how can I move this? How can I take care of the shadow issue? Or how can I get out of this enemy's attack? Can I push them around? So, cause I can't just walk away. So I really need to push the enemy, but I've got limited pushing options. Can I kill him? You know, you're kind of going through that, that thought process on here. Um, uh, but then, you know, one of your characters, your main character lady that you start off with, at least when you initially run, she only attacks with AOE. She does in a straight line all the way across. So it's pretty frustrating. We could use her to knock out the enemy, but you can't figure out a way to <laughs> get that hero, other hero out of the AOE impact. Because again, movement is limited. Grids are limited. There's a lot of things on the map too, like tables and stuff that further limit movement. So it gets cluttered very quickly. And not every puzzle, and it gets to a point, because these aren't handcrafted, they're procedurally generated, it, it gets to a point where you're wondering, is there really a solution here where I don't take damage? I don't think there is. And with within to the breach, you, you kind of, at least I kind of felt like there was usually a way to solve those problems. I just hadn't figured it out yet. I just wasn't smart enough here. I'm like, no, I don't feel like there's a solution <laughs> sometimes. And then then you feel all cranky because you took damage and it's not, you know, something you had control over. So mm. check it out. It's got cool artwork. Um, speaking of cool artwork, we got sort of the Vagrant hitting consoles on December 1st. This is a 2D side-scrolling action RPG that looks very uh, vanilla-ware meets souls. Mm-hmm. Um, and big shock, I played this one too. Any good? It, it is pretty good. It, it does uh, it, 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 it does have that vanillaware vibe at times. Uh, definitely the art style. That's a high bar. I love Odin Sphere, uh, for example. I love Grim Grimoire. So to me, that that that's like the gold standard. This falls a little bit short of that uh, in terms of presentation, in terms of gameplay. It all falls a little short. However, it's like, at least on Steam, it's four bucks. So, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, d- dumb question. Did you play 13 Sentinels? No, I haven't got to it yet. Oh, you need to play 13 Sentinels. It's so good. I know. I haven't got to it yet. <laughs> oh, by the way, Vagrant has lots of fan servers for you guys who, because just like Vanillaware games tend to, just going to put that out there. Yeah. Yep. Um, Blue Protocol is set to hit Japan in spring, specifically, um, well, they're having a network test from January 14th to the 16th, and then a spring window. 
uh, Blue Protocol is, uh, see, what kind of RPG is it? The description's kind of all over the place. You are on a planet being ruled by a group of godlike beings and takes place many years after that period and it's filled with treasures. Hmm. So, please be excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bound by Blades was finally released on Steam. Um, it is an action RPG uh, for ten ninety nine with a 10% watch discount. Um you select one of three different characters and set out to defeat a bunch of bosses, collect loot and resources. So it sounds like a Monster Hunter clone. Mm. Um, yeah. To look into that. With the weird art style and the the trailer has a giant cat. Mm. So um, that is all the new release dates. Now, what is actually coming out? Uh, things that came out this week are uh, Monochrome Mobius, uh, Rights and Wrongs Forgotten, which uh, hits PC. Uh, Pentiment landed on PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S and X. Have you guys seen the reviews for this? It uh. looks so cool. It is sort of like old school-esque uh, point-and-click adventure with RPG mechanics. Oh. And like... Um, you can't do everything, and so it really encourages you to do different things on different runs. It looks very cool. Um, it has, I, has, has a nice hand-drawn style to the artwork. Yes! Yeah. yeah, it's about a guy who makes uh, manuscripts, like visual manuscripts, and so the whole style of the game is a visual manuscript. So it is very cool. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet hit the Nintendo Switch. Ultimate Adam Caverns of Chaos hits Xbox One and Switch, and Ease Eight Lacrimosa of Dana hits PS Five. Do, do do not get Ultimate Adam, guys. Don't do it. Don't do I it. Will... They, they haven't fixed their Steam version yet. Ooh. I, I wonder how well Lacrimosa of Dana runs on uh, PS Five. Um. So there, Nisa did a stream of it. So you can probably find their archive uh, on their Twitch channel and check it out. But um, a couple streams that I was watching, um, when was I watching that? Earlier this week, I think. I think they had some people that were doing review copies. Mm-hmm. Um, looked good. Could oh. just be people that were leaking it. So cool. And we we've got new early access announcements. So Signa. Cygnus Enterprises was announced and their early access is set for next month. This is an RPG set in the future where um, people have banded together to... What's I reading about? It's another one of those like not elevator pitch descriptions about the game. Um, <laughs> you're in a future where mankind has united and wants to settle in new worlds and they have a faster-than-light drive um, created by Cygnus uh, Enterprises, and you. it's also got top-down shooter combat and where you venture into the world to obtain resources. The Steam Early Access is going to happen on September 16th if you want to check this out. I was kind of bummed because I was watching the teaser trailer that they put out for this, and I think that the the world building looks very cool, but I am so turned off by the com- com- combat. 
Um, we've also got an early access announced for those we we who are about to die. There's a exciting name for you, but it's a roguelite RPG, so of course it's going to have that name. Um, you can access you can access early access for uh, $21.99 with a 10% launch discount, and you can access the major the game's major core features. Um, in this game, you're a gladiator attempting to work the way up from the pits into the arena and become a legendary fighter. Hmm. Um, and then Superfuse is heading to early access in January. Um, this is another futuristic RPG where um, humanity escaped from a dying planet and um, you control a customized enforcer who fights corruption. Um, this early access is going to come out on January 31st and includes a 30-minute long trailer for its uh, comic book-inspired combat. Coolie. Uh, that is all the new early access stuff. Now we are on to the editorials. I'm saying trying to get the links open. I'll put some elevator music. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, We've got an interview with Harry McIntyre, who is the vo is he the voice actor for Noah? Yeah, he's the voice actor for Noah. Um, so you can read that. Uh, Noah for Xenoblade Chronicles Three, I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got a review for Solstice by Pascal Takaya. Solstice, yeah, which, that, which that... game was Solstice? That was that is like an action RPG uh, type of deal, and I actually read the review out loud for our video review, which we're gonna get up soon on YouTube. Um, actually, I should probably probably try to get around to that today. But um, uh, it's kind of got a it's got a very interesting uh, premise, uh, kind of like a sci-fi feel to it. Um, one of those deals where what if everyone could live for forever type of deal, but it came at a great cost. Uh, what are some of the implications of that you know from everything from how society structure to their to their own mentality um their mental health everything else in between so it's pretty pretty cool kind of gr grim darky darkish you know because there is a lot of serious things being talked about here um with with a very interesting combat system where you switch off uh between uh abilities between the main character who's kind of the bruiser and her i believe it's her sister that's a ghost that uh, does uh, some some defensive things that has a bit of a vibe of Ikaruga with it because she can oh. defend against particular colors, red or blue or whatever. So depending on the enemy attacks, you need to be able to kind of swap that out. So it's it's definitely one of those little bit of a tougher tougher type of games. Strong challenge. So I want to check it out. Um, Pascal gave it a 3.5 out of 5, saying that it has an adaptable challenge that works great for both button mashers and combo masters so my kind of game um, mm -hmm. a satisfying combat system with lots of weapons and abilities um, a great audio experience and the world is a wonderful dark and moody uh, that's ripe for careful exploration his downsides is uh, that the exploration will mainly turn into a feeling of not here which I don't know what he means like I guess going into a corner and finding nothing. Uh, oh, sorry, it's reading the other paragraph about um, something else there. Uh, let's see. He also says most enemy designs are largely unimpressive. 
Oh, exploration's a bit of a pain in the butt. I do remember him saying that. The the going back to what you're saying about easy, hard, and the cop button mashing. He was talking about the. I was reading rereading the paragraph about the combo system. So you can rack up combos essentially and get good grades for it. And there's a scoring system that's involved. And um, this is something you see like in Odin Sphere. Uh, speaking of that game, where you'll get through a fight and it'll give you a score right away, and then you'll get bonuses based on that score. Um, clearing chapters also results in overall grade, and that can possibly unlock uh, special unlockable con combat challenges that can be found in the stages, can be attempted from the main menu, netting both glory and stat increasing items. So that's pretty appealing. You, you know, doesn't force you to play super well, but if you do play super well, there's some there's some unlockables and fun things you can earn. And that's what I did it like in Odin Sphere. Sometimes I would just go back and refight a fight just to see if I could get a better score, get some better mm -hmm. goodies. Yep, I did the same thing. Gosh, I'm surprised they haven't put Odin Sphere on Switch yet. So good. Yes. On the OLED. That would, would be, be great. amazing. On the OLED. Like, I wouldn't mind replaying that, but also I don't want to pull out the Vita to replay it. Yeah. <laughs> Hence why it needs a Switch port. I wonder how well that 13 Sentinels port did. I played um, Odin Sphere on my PlayStation 4 on an OLED television. It's so glorious. Your I, eyes I, don't come. <laughs> just so glorious. I, I wonder I, if it's I, compatible with the PS5. I, I played it on PS3 because... Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, well, because the PS4 version was, like, stupid expensive for a physical copy, and it, the it never oh, went on sale. Right. So it was a lot cheaper to just buy it, be the PS3 version. Oh, funny. Uh, yeah. It still worked. I, I went back and forth between the two versions, the Vita and the PS3, so it was fine. Um, We've got a deep look, or a DLC deep look by Ryan Costa for Dying Light 2, Bloody Ties. Um, it's a short version. If you thought the Jenkin Pokemon's bad, wait till you take this bad boy out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then we've got a Trinity Trigger import impression by Michael Baker. And Trinity Trigger is that kind of Secret of Mana look game that's come, that I think Exceed is locally, localizing next year. Um, he says it definitely feels like a Mana game. That's good. Yeah, he, he implied that it was good. Okay. I just like, I just like, I, I like how. Baker doesn't hold anything back. Usually the impressions you try to give everything a positive spin, but the second line or the third line is, all I can say now is that the developers could have done a lot better by the premise. Ooh. <laughs> you want to read for Ooh. all the juicy. This is one of those juicy, juicy reads. Um, he's definitely got some <laughs> criticisms on an impression, which is pretty impressive. When Gaijin is trashing a game, mm. you, you know it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so make sure you, you check out this full impression over at rpgamer.com for all the juicy juicy. Indeed. And that, that is all the editorials. Wow, is that all the news? I, I believe so. All right. So we are going to have a brief podcast break for the American Thanksgiving weekend. So we're going to leave you a question of the week that you're going to have to answer for our, let me look at the calendar, our December 3rd podcast. And it is, what'd you buy on Black Friday? What so, did you buy? 
let us know by heading over to rpgamer.com and finding the latest podcast thread and dropping a reply in the comments. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to play this week? Pokemon. Pokemon. Mm, not Pokemon. <laughs> I'm not privateer and I'm not playing Pokemon. <laughs> I am not a privateer and I am not playing Pokemon. Bill's putting his foot down. Not doing it. Now, I need to play uh, more Soul Hackers 2, more Baldur's Gate, because I'm on the road to Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I was talking with one of our with one of our listeners uh, on a Discord call, and we were just talking about how excited we are for Baldur's Gate 3. That's going to be coming out. I believe they're saying it's going to come out sometime next year. Uh, I am on media blackout for that. I know there's been a lot of early access you know, work and plenty of impressions and comments and opinions, and I'm away from all of it. Um, so I'm working through Baldur's Gate, uh, Soul Hackers, and of course, more tits, because you could never have enough tits. <laughs> you were thinking about that for a second. You're like, oh, wait. I <laughs> knew what you meant. There was a pregnant pause there. Chris, Chris is so mad that we used that acronym. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, my See, podcast. Frog, frog, frog likes tits, too. He just mentioned in the chat. You know, it's all good. Look, I like me some tits, but I yeah. did not like me some tits. <laughs> mm. And I on need, that note... I, <laughs> oh, I was about to make it worse. I need to play tits again so that I could get all the chess jokes. <laughs> and on that cheerful note, we're going to leave you goodbye. Um, have a fa- happy Thanksgiving. Drive safe. Uh, thank, yeah, thank you for listening to RPG Cast. Head over to RPGamer.com for all your news, reviews, impressions, and so much more. Check out our huge suite of podcasts that we have over there, including the famous RPG Backtrack. Uh, hosted by Kelly Ryan herself. You can check that over at rpgamer.com. You can pick this up on your favorite podcast catcher or over on iTunes. We'd love for you to do that. Check out the videos we have at youtube.com forward slash rpgamer. Watch us stream live every single day of the week at twitch.tv forward slash rpgamer. On behalf of Anna Marie Privetier, Kelly Ryan, and myself, the Utah Poly game is Phil Willis. We really appreciate the fact that you have listened to us this week, and we'll see you in two weeks. Have a great holiday. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you.